the most important thing in a relationship is authenticity. And I feel like if we have authenticity around the work that we're attempting, that we're starting, um, that the relationships will come. Monta, welcome to Change Talk by Bridges to Change, a podcast about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Hey, thanks for welcoming me to the show. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. First podcast ever at Bridges to Change. Yeah. What does diversity, equity, and inclusion mean to you? Yeah, well, I think before I get started on that, you know, I think it's important for me to say and for, you know, our organization and other listeners to know that we don't have to have a strong DEI background to begin this work. Um, and for me specifically, um, you know, I'm I'm at the learning stages too around DEI work. And so I just want our listeners to know that you can start at any point. You don't have to learn about it to learn about it. What's been your DEI journey or awareness so far? Yeah, well, I think, I think kind of backing up to um, where I feel, I guess, what I think about DEI work right now and, and what it means to me. Um, I think as organizations, you know, our missions are to engage and help people, and we think through that lens a lot. Um, and I think for so many years, we've been without a DEI lens. And so when I think about DEI and what it means to me, and specifically Bridges to Change, it means that we're moving into an area to um, create a greater impact um, for the clients that we're serving um, through learning about using um, a DEI lens in our work. So I think that's super important. And I think for in terms of the awareness through my journey so far, uh, I was at a training um, on systemic racism a few months back and really learning about um, the historical experiences, especially with specifically with the black community. Mm. Um, and really taking a dive into how our systems have been impacted through racism um, has been super important to bring awareness to how we got to where we're at today and why it's important to begin this journey of DEI. So you didn't always have this idea or this lens through which you looked at things differently. Right. It never, it like, you, we weren't born that way right. or socialized that way. Yeah, true. Yeah, so yeah. it happened later in your career. You were already established in your career, and then you kind of stepped into this place where you were had, the, had a greater awareness and, a, and an understanding of what diversity, equity, inclusion means for different people. Right. So how do you think that's changed your lens as a person now? Yeah, so, I mean, for me, it's really... Um, given me awareness in my personal life and just kind of in how I view everything in the world today. Um, specifically, just a personal um, experience uh, over a couple years ago, my, uh, my now trans daughter came out trans and, um, and through that experience with her, um, speaking and learning about inclusivity and, and how she was feeling um, in the world gave me um, some great awareness around her position that she was in and what her experiences are today. Um, and that drove me into learning more about 
um, our trans folks in the community and, and, and how I can be more aware um, and supportive to, to our LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, so you don't have to be necessarily a member of that community to have a, a raised awareness about impacts and how you could change your approach. Yeah. Why do you think a DEI lens is important for recovery? Hmm, that's a good question. I feel like, uh, you know, there's so many different avenues of recovery that we get. When I say we, the recovery community, we get stuck in our own kind of lanes of recovery. And it doesn't... Um, allow us to help as many people in many different ways, mm. you know? And so where, you know, just as my personal experience as a recovery mentor, where I might feel, hey, this person wasn't ready, um, they weren't willing, um, you know, they weren't compliant, you know, all these, this language that we use. All these when, narratives that we yeah, use to talk about people. Yeah, exactly. And so when, when we start thinking through as people in recovery, helping other people in recovery, we start thinking through a DEI lens. It opens up opportunity to help people in a way that we weren't able to help them before. Mm. And that in turn, I think, helps people be successful for where maybe they wouldn't have been otherwise. So DEI is really foundational to be able to help people, which is our entire mission, is to help different types of people. Yes, which is so... Um, it's been so interesting to learn about DEI and just speaking with other organizations and, and everybody going through this work right now um, to think that we've spent all of these years in this work of, of social work, mm. um, social justice, um, without prioritizing DEI initiatives in our organizations. And so it's been, you know, but you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. until you know it. But the responsibility, the responsibility is once we know it, we need to do something about it. That doesn't mean that we need to have all the answers today or have all the right approaches. It means that we need to be humble and we need to be willing um, to, to take the next steps, mm. which is going to be scary. Um, and there's going to be um, missteps along the way. And that's just part of the growing process in life. Absolutely. What would you say to someone in our organization or a community member who said, I don't, I don't need to think about this because it's, that doesn't apply to me? Yeah. When you, when you say that, it comes up, you know, the term colorblindness or, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not overtly racist. You know, I think it takes education and I think, think it takes a willingness to learn um, for that. I would, you know, suggest getting out there if you're willing to and do some reading. Um, there's a, a lot of good books out there yeah. that you can begin to educate yourself on um, and be willing to explore what does that really mean when we say I'm not racist, hmm. you know? Do you think it, this applies to everyone in our organization? DEI work? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think if um, DEI work... Well, let's just take, you know, equity um, specifically. And I think it's important that we don't confuse um, equity with equality. What does equity mean? For me, it's like, um, and I've heard this used before, and it really resonates with me when, when equality is like, you know, everybody gets a pair of shoes. And equity 
is everybody gets a pair of shoes. Everybody gets a pair of shoes that fit and everybody gets a pair of shoes that match who they are, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it also means access, you know, equal access. Um, I was reading um, an article last or uh, two weeks ago uh, about Duke University um, and they have a program that, um, an equity program that creates access to um, African-Americans who otherwise might not have access. And personal experience with that is um, from my first marriage, um, my stepson is African-American. He's um, mixed race of Nigerian and, and Caucasian. And we all, you know, we grew up in poor, you know, felony flats. And he came, he went on to getting an academic scholarship here from the Portland School District, got a full ride to Duke, mm. and was able to access because of um, Duke University creating access where he otherwise wouldn't have um, got that access. And he finished Duke, and then he went on and, and went to Harvard Law wow. and graduated a couple years ago. So, so it's important for everyone in this organization because when we think about equity, we need to think about access and fairness across, and that, that applies to everybody here, and it applies to every person that we serve. Do you think we're equitable at this point? I don't think we're, I don't think we're, I don't think we're halfway there yet, mm. to be honest, a mm -hmm. fair assessment, because to get there, we have to be doing the work, right? And I feel like where we're at right now as an organization is we've identified um, that we need to do the work. We've taken some steps um, to start the equity, the DEI process, um, but we are far from where we need to be. And that's just honest. And I think we can't get to the work unless we're honest about where we're at as an organization. Do you think that's anyone's fault? About where we're at? Yeah. No. I mean, I feel like I think there's responsibility once we've identified mm. the need to move forward. But in terms of, you know, it comes back to we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Um, and our, you know, our awareness for me was raised when we were looking at what was before the Diane Wade program had started. And another staff member and I were pulling files of African-Americans that were engaged in our services um, and our housing services. And I don't remember the numbers exactly, but um, the rates at which African-Americans were getting kicked out, I'll use that language, mm -hmm. of our program and reading in the files that it was non-compliance, aggressive behavior. And it just, it told a story that we were not doing good work and serving our African-American yeah. population. And that speaks to the lack of DEI in our organization. Once we saw that, and that really kind of um, solidified, we need to like do something about this. And I think that was the beginning kind of point for Bridges um, uh, to start looking at, you know, then we, you know, we reached out to Meyer Foundation um, to, to get some DEI um, grant money to get us started. So we, we have a, you know, we're at the awareness stage is what I would say. It, it makes me think about intent versus impact. Mm -hmm. And the intent of Bridges to Change is this really thoughtful, really planned out hope for the community mm -hmm. and, and providing access to community members. 
And at the same time, the impact isn't the same for everybody. And it sounds like you reviewing those files and seeing what was really going on was a state of emergency. That was kind of the crisis point yeah. to see what was actually happening, that the intent didn't match what was really impactful right. for people. Yeah. How do you talk about the concept of intersectionality? I think it's in, I think intersectionality is a, a, a more advanced concept uh, as we move into our DEI work. But when I think about it, um, I think it, I think intersectionality was like conce- like thought of. conceptualized yeah. in the feminist movement. Uh, and it was because women were fighting for equal rights and black women had totally different barriers than white women did. Mm-hmm. So we, when we think about how the different elements of our cultures, of our sex, sexual orientation, our race, um, our belief systems, our spirituality, those are all intersections that come together that we need to look at when we're looking at someone holistically. So I feel like being able to you to look to use intersectionality at, in the work that we're doing is super important. How do we use that concept? And I think it's an advanced word. Mm-hmm. I think people get kind of freaked out by that word. Yeah. But really, it's we're all intersectional beings. We all sure. have multiple identities in one. How do we, as an organization, talk about people who have privilege, but people who have privilege in different ways? So mm-hmm. a man who's white coming out of prison is different from a person who's African-American coming out of prison. How do we talk about those things? And how do we apply that to what we're doing? Yeah, I mean, I think that comes back to us as an organization when we're serving clients, being able to look at each individual person and who they are um, and what they bring in terms of, of who they are as a human being to kind of sort out of how we're going to assist them. To be honest, I feel like we need to do a lot of work around that. I think mm. we as senior leadership need to do a lot of work around that so we can work with our teams to know how to talk about that, how to do the work. Mm-hmm. So sometimes DEI has some big concepts that can be hard to understand and then we go out into the world how do we start to put things into practice in our work every day I think we need to start we need to be able to start with we don't have to do everything at once you know I think as individuals in the organization we can take concepts that we understand and begin to implement them Um, for example through our hiring practices you know Mm -hmm. how are we going to implement a DEI lens you know in the hiring process you know how are we picking our applicants who's on the interview panel who's making the decisions right so um, we need to be able to choose our you know our our the areas that we can kind of have immediate impact you know, it, one person doesn't have to do it all, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But we're really busy, and sometimes things take a lot of time. How do I make time to be intentional about DEI work? Yeah. Well, I think first we have to believe in the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes back to um, how do we make DEI a personal agenda of ours? And I, and I think if we just tried to make DEI work of what we do here at Bridges, we're never going to fully, uh, as as um, providers, we're never going to fully be able to uh, 
to roll out DEI impact if we're not if we don't have any personal buy-in in the DEI work um, and if we don't believe that it has the greatest value of our organization then we're not going to prioritize the time I know for me in my personal life outside of um, just in general I take care of the things that I care about mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. I make time for it I make it happen because it's most important to me and I do it right so how do we make time for DEI work in our organization we have to prioritize it to the to the highest level and we will make time for it we will use a lens for it and the decisions that we're making um, and the people that we're serving how we evolve as humans in, in, in our organization. So each person has to buy into these concepts. They have to believe that this is valuable in order to progress it as an agency or Absol as an organization. Absolutely. If not, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just the reality of it. You know, if half the organization is on board and the other half is not, we're going to get half of a result. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of it. Um, and so we need to be very diligent and also work to properly train and give the answers and give the support for staff that that are going to need it most you know and it's I, and it's totally okay if a staff member's like I don't I don't see the value in this like I don't that's fine let's talk about it mm -hmm. right how do we help get them to that space i feel kind of in i'll say in my heart of hearts around our folks that work here um, in recovery or not in recovery we're in this work because we care about people yeah so it's an easy sell to like do you really want to help them the best way you can and here's a huge giant enormous piece of the puzzle that you need to get the work done dei and and the concepts that come with diversity equity and inclusion really touch everyone even if they don't think it applies to them mm -hmm. everybody has someone in their life who has been impacted by one of their identities in a way that gives them less access to resources. And so how do we continue to build that awareness? And I think that's through really what you're saying, relationships, mm -hmm. is we have to build relationships within our community as bridges to change and within our community of the, the Portland area in order to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah, you know, one of the other things I learned, uh, the question in the beginning was, you know, what are some of the things I learned on my journey uh, in terms of awareness? I was at a training in Chicago for the Safety Justice Challenge. And the training that I went to there really talked about power sharing, specifically with communities of color, specifically our staff. Mm. So how do we how do we not how do we not just like invite voices to the table, but how do we share power, right? So when we're making decisions um, at a senior leadership level, how are we making sure that we're that we're giving voice to the decisions that we're being that are being made, and that there's actually power and action behind the voice that's being shared with us? You know, it, I remember at that training, it really was like a I get it, right? Mm -hmm. There's still some work there to be done, you know, as an organization. How do we build relationships and then share power? I think it comes back to humility and building trust. I I feel like. The most important thing in a relationship is authenticity. And I feel like if we have authenticity around the work that we're attempting, that we're starting, um, that the relationships will come. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean that there's going to be um, not going to be questions and 
still kind of some reservation, but I think if we continue on this work and we own it and we prioritize it and we're authentic about it, that we can build those relationships um, to bring voices to the table. And we will make mistakes. We will, we have, and we will make mistakes. And we need to be able to, to call those mistakes out um, and shift course, you know? We're human beings, you know, mm-hmm. each and every one of us. And that's a big part of, you know, the recovery culture is, you know, we, we uh, continue to take personal inventory and when we're wrong, we promptly admitted it. And so I feel like we have the concepts here at Bridges to Change. Uh, we just need to be able to know that those concepts work in so many areas of our mm. life. So really the foundation is there, the skills are there. And how do we kind of unite our community to first buy in, mm-hmm. then build relationships, and then continue to advance and be accountable throughout the process. Yeah, I've been so busy in my role of both the CFO and the CEO for so long. As these DEI initiatives began to roll out, I was not part of it enough, mm. right? And the reality is I wasn't there leading the DEI initiatives as the CEO should be, right? It should, it should, it should flow down through the organization. Not that, not that I don't, didn't see value in it. I've just, I couldn't, I couldn't take on it in a way that I could own it and do something positive with it. And so we've shared the DEI responsibilities. But what I will say is now that I have a CFO, um, and my plate is going to start reducing in terms of the amount of workload on the finance side. I can begin to pick this up and walk stronger with it um, to continue to carry the message, to set example, to role model for our staff why it is we're doing DEI and how we're going to do it. So that sounds like that's been kind of a missing piece up to this point is really having you be available to lead that charge. And, yeah. and now that you have the space and the capacity and you you can prioritize it it really is a different shift for bridges to change yeah and and it sounds like you're committed to making sure that that shift is really happening and is happening as a culture shift yes it's shifting and it will continue to shift tides are turning Mm -hmm. what are some barriers to dei work within organizations and particularly bridges to change that you've seen some of the conversations i've had Um, with some of our staff over the past year, I think one of our barriers is that a lot of our staff have grown up very poor, Mm. broken family systems, um, who are mostly white. Um, And so it's harder for them, and they've shared this with me, it's harder for them to see that they have have privilege, right? So um, when we talk about white privilege, I think it's been harder for them to see DEI as important because for them, they're like, uh, I grew up poor. Um, they're like, I've been impacted by these. I've been impacted. I've, I've spent 10 years in, in prison mm-hmm. and I've done all this stuff. And so, so again, I think it's just coming back to educating, mm-hmm. learning about how we got to this place. Um, and again, I'll say, um, if you haven't watched the documentary, Um, 13th it's free on YouTube that is a great way to get a glimpse on 
how we got to where we're at today as a society, specifically with mass incarceration and the overrepresentation of uh, black men and women incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And I think once we begin to understand that, we can begin to understand um, um, where our privilege is at just by being white. And privilege doesn't take away your experience. Mm -mm. It doesn't discount your experience. But it does say that you have a different level of access to things than some other people might. And so I think that's a really important concept, particularly in our organization where we're a peer-run organization. Mm -hmm. There there are so many people who have been impacted by systems and disenfranchised by systems. However, that that doesn't mean that that the resources are equitable. Mm -hmm. And until we understand that, at a service level, we're not going to see the outcomes or the fruits kind of of, of what we're hoping is going to happen. Yeah. Why is this work unstoppable? We're, we are moving in a direction um, and we are not turning around. Um, because at the end of the day, um, once the awareness is raised that how we're not impacting everybody the same, that's a problem, mm. right? And we're here to serve people and we're here to carry out a mission to do that. If we remove DEI work, we stop that process and we're not gonna do that. So we're moving forward with this work no matter what. Um, and I will say you're either on the train or you're not on the train. And if you're not on the train, we're gonna support you so that you can get onto the train. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> How would you encourage people who feel sad, mm -hmm. upset, heartbroken, not encouraged by this worker, or a feeling like they, they don't know how to begin. Yeah. I mean, I would hope through this process that we're going to create some support groups within the organization um, for those people who want to come together and, um, and get support and give support, right? Because I think we're going to have a, uh, quite a few people who are going to want to offer support as well. Also, just offering some one-on-one -on -one support through the process and then also encouraging people to to reach out and get other outside support as well. You know, I think in addition to that, just continue continuing our desire to learn more about the work when we get through, okay, here's where I'm at, here's how I'm feeling, but here's what I can do about mm. it, you know? Mm -hmm. So we can turn that into positive impact. And this work is really hard. It's super hard. It's really hard and it never ends. There's not an end goal, it's, it's a lifelong journey. And I think what you've said so far about it, aligning a lot with the principles of some recovery is that this is a this is a process of forever. Yeah. And how do we continue to grow and support one another as a community? Yeah. I think that'll be critical for bridges to change as we move forward. Yeah, I don't want to end up being an organization that puts our DEI racial equity lens on our website and then call the work done, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we how do we move these initiatives forward and not get stuck? You know, I I, I just feel like there's a lot of complicated factors in terms of rolling these initiatives out and not getting frustrated and beaten down and and want to give up you know because it's going to be 
extremely hard. It's been extremely hard and we haven't yet scratched the surface on it. Mm. You know, we haven't yet done the, done the work, you know? And what is the work? Uh, You know, I mean, I think that's the, that's the magic question is what, what is it that we're doing? Um, and right now we're, we're building awareness. We're trying to figure Mm -hmm. out where we're at and where we go next. And that's going to really take the bridges to change community and the, the larger community that we're, we're in to really partner and, and show us. Cause we don't know. Yeah. We're not going to know yeah. until we know. And, and we need community support to get this done. Do you feel like we have community support? Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like I, we have half the community support, but I think that's because uh, the community doesn't know what we're doing. So it's our job to raise awareness in the community about the work that we're doing, that we do the work transparently, and we share with the community for community feedback and support. Monta, can you think about times in your life or spaces that you've been in where there were significant consequences for you engaging in being diverse or or raising your awareness? Sure. You know, I've spent about 10 years of my life incarcerated. And so the years I spent incarcerated, I was forced into um, segregation, you know, and that was part of the system. Mm-hmm. You know, the system forced me into segregation and it definitely felt, you know, unsafe and unfriendly at times. Um, not being able to to be who I am as a person. And if anybody knows me, I like to talk to lots of people, um, but forced into, into segregation and the consequences of sitting at the wrong table in the chow hall. Um, uh, there were real consequences to that. That was a pretty horrible feeling, you know, and that's a lot of years. That's a lot of meals. There's a lot of yard time. And for those that have been incarcerated, know what I'm talking about to live in a space that feels really gross. And it doesn't match your personal values. Mm -hmm. How do you, or how did you come out of that situation, come out of that mindset or those rules and begin to change and be the person that aligns with your own values? Like how, how did, how did that happen? Because we have a lot of people in the community, a lot of our staff who have had that experience and, sometimes those rules kind of last a a long time outside of those walls. I feel like for me, I was kind of lucky in a way or not lucky, but just my survival instinct was to, to fit into the surroundings that I, that I was involved in. And when I released from prison, I was, I feel like I was more easily able to reintegrate into the world and who I, who I am as a human being but that's not the same for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and I've worked with many men coming out of prison that that still have a hard time uh, assimilating to or not assimilating to prison culture, you know, and some of that steeped in racism, some of that steeped into institutionalization. Our system has a responsibility of uh, of men coming down, coming out at pandemic rates fully overtly racist mm-hmm. there is a there is a responsibility placed on our system for that yeah so not only do we have to be gentle with our staff and ourselves but i'm also hearing that we need to be gentle in this process with our clients mm-hmm. that just because we're in this journey and we're 
on this train, like you said, doesn't mean that our clients are going to be there. That's right. I feel like that's also another challenge for, I'll just say for our recovery mentors Mm. is we tend to, we mentors tend to expect that our clients are coming to us and they're going to be immediately changed into who we are today. So it really comes back to taking a step back, meeting our clients where they are, where they are, you know, and, and working with them uh, around the goals that they want to set for themselves and not setting, un, not setting expectations for them based on, you know, our belief. And having opportunity to change. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that that opportunity means that we're going to make a ton of mistakes in order for us to change. Yeah. So our clients might not come out of prison or might not come into housing or might not come into treatment where we hope they will yeah. end up. And that that's why we're there. Yeah. And we're going to continue to do that with our staff through this process. Absolutely. How can people get involved in diversity, equity, and inclusion work at Bridges to Change? Well, one, they can join the committee, which is um, once a month. I believe there is a newsletter that's going to start going out. Yep. There's going to be um, a lot of different trainings happening one Friday a month that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I also on that newsletter, there's going to be resources for people to tap into of some suggested books to read, some documentaries to watch, um, and other places to get support to raise our DEI awareness. And and like you said, support groups and ca- ways that we as a community of Bridges can safely talk about things that are really challenging, yeah. really hard. Yeah. We also have this podcast, and this podcast was created in hopes that we know that everyone learns differently, and maybe you don't want to read. Maybe you read your emails all day, yeah. and you want to drive home and listen to something, and so... This is just another option for people Mm -hmm. to get involved. How do you think our community partners can get involved in what we're doing? Yeah, I think we, in in the work that we're beginning to start, that we need to involve our community partners. For example, I'll use um, how our mentors are engaging with our clients, right? So as we shift culture, um, that our community partners need to be part of that planning and understanding of what it is we're doing and why we're doing it. Right. And so we also need to be able to call out things that don't fit in our DEI work with our community partners and also with our with our staff. What would your ending words or statements be? I feel like I just want everybody to know that we understand how difficult um, and hard this work is and is going to be. And we want people to be able to get the support that they need and to come to the table to help us with this work, even if they're not even close to being there. Right? Mm. And that's okay. Or even if they don't know what we're talking about. Right. If they don't know what we're talking about, just show up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and even though this is going to be hard work, like the end result of this thing is going to be incredible, right? Because that's what we're looking at. We're looking at impact. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what is the real impact of this work? Well, the real impact of this work is going to be shown in many different ways. Um, And if we can keep our eye on that, we can get through the difficult times. I don't think we're going to sail into like, you know, the land of perfect world. But um, but yeah, so I just want people to know that it's okay. 
it's okay to not know and just and just show up and be part of it. Well, thanks for your time today, Monta. We really appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thanks.